All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Just a Girl from Cleveland, episode 33, I think. Um, Sorry, it's been a little longer since the last episode than I wanted it to be about two-ish weeks ago. I was kind of working on some potential interviews that were kind of in the works, and unfortunately, for the time being, those have fallen through. Going to keep working on them, but I was kind of holding off uh, to see if I could throw those into an episode, but unfortunately, you're just going to listen to me talk again this week. Um, I guess we'll get right into it. First off, uh, in terms of sports starting up again, it seems like the MLB could be sooner rather than later here, potentially in June. I've seen some mid-ish June dates being thrown around. Um, A lot of the NBA facilities are beginning to open up again, and the plans are still in the works to finish the season, so that'll be interesting to see. I'm mostly interested to see what type of shape these guys are going to be in come their return. I think some of them have been working out constantly, and some of them have been probably sitting on their couch eating chips all day, so I'm not really sure. I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It is definitely not going to be the same type of playoff play that we usually see even if they do do a training camp and maybe you know a couple games of the regular season or however they decide to do it I don't think the playoff caliber will will be up to the level that it typically is because it has been a long time since those guys have been able to touch a basketball together um, and have that team chemistry be effective it's I just I don't know how this is gonna go but The NFL is still planning to start their season on time. Uh, They released the schedule, which I want to talk about a little later. Um, The plans are for it to start on time. Obviously, things could still change depending on what the state of the world is come, you know, September time frame or, you know, with the preseason being in August. Who knows what happens there? But from what it looks like right now, it appears the NFL could be the most untouched league from all of this craziness that has hit our world it feels like every other sport has been drastically effective affected and obviously yes what the nfl teams and players have to do right now for mini camp and all that kind of stuff virtually is definitely a change from what they usually do but more so in terms of their actual season it seems like there's a potential that they get to be on schedule when everyone else has has gotten it all messed up. So it'll be interesting. And then obviously college football is a little bit different than, you know, the other professional leagues because you're dealing with college students and, you know, whether or not certain colleges will be returning to in-person sessions on campus. I think there's just a a whole nother layer of it being that it's it's students. Um, But Gene Smith actually came out saying that Ohio State could play with fans in the stadium. Uh, this coming season as low as uh, 22,000 and as high as 40 to 50,000 with uh, obviously social distancing guidelines in place to, I would think, maybe have some seats in between each person or each group. You could probably only have groups of up to 10 or something like that. But um, I think that would be great if we could get any fans in the stadium because an empty Ohio stadium would be really depressing and it just wouldn't have the same effect. I think out of any sport, college football crowds and fans have the most effect on the game. Um, Obviously, when you get to, you know, playoff basketball, playoff baseball, 
playoff professional football, yeah, definitely crowds have have an impact, but there's something about those massive college football stadiums, like 110,000 people sitting, you know, cheering in the shoe. It's it just like you almost need that for for the game. So it'll be disappointing to have it be, you know, a half or a third or a quarter full from what it usually is, but if that's what they have to do, I will take it because I'd like some fans in the stadium. It's better than a completely empty stadium. So we will see. I will try to keep everyone updated if I see anything um, else out there about what's going to be happening. All right, so now I want to get into Paul Pierce. Um, I know I had an entire episode one time. It was titled something about Paul Pierce and how he's annoying, and I I definitely remember ranting about that for a little while, but um, he was on some virtual, I don't know, whatever, Zoom chat that I saw posted on social media, and he was saying that he does not have LeBron James in his top five of all time. His top five of all time are MJ, Kareem, Russell, Magic, and Kobe. Just gonna let that sink in for everyone for a second. Just really take it all in. Um, like I said, I had a whole episode about how he he's really annoying. Um, I feel like he has just this insane bitterness towards LeBron James that does not allow him to look at the game of basketball in an unbiased way. He really thinks he's better than what he is. He's better than people that he's not better than. Uh, and he doesn't have any justification to think that. Like He, he truly didn't have anything to, to back up what he was saying. Everyone else in that video chat was like, face palming, rolling their eyes like I cannot believe this guy is saying this right now because it is so outlandish to not have LeBron James in your top five of all time. I mean, fine, if he wants to argue that he doesn't think LeBron James is the greatest of all time, he thinks MJ is, or even if he wanted to think Kobe was, but to not even have LeBron in your top five of all time is so ignorant and it really shows his bias. I mean, I will never forget, actually, this was a press conference after Kobe had passed away that um, Paul Pierce was was in a part of, um, and I don't remember what they were specifically talking about in regards to Kobe, but Paul Pierce couldn't get himself to admit a certain part of Kobe's game and his greatness. I, I wish I could remember what it was specifically, but I know the rest of the panel was in agreement um, that, that Kobe did this certain thing so well in a specific game or series and Paul Pierce could not find it in him to, to give him that. He kept discounting it. He couldn't, he couldn't agree with that. And I'm like, dude, the guy just died in a helicopter accident and you cannot release an ounce of the bitterness you feel towards the people you played against in this game to just give him this moment. Like it was so upsetting and it just reminded me that he, he's all about himself. He cares more about himself than, than anything else. And he, he just can't be unbiased. And he's been chirping LeBron for years, always knocking him down during his time as an analyst. And I truly can't take it anymore. When I saw this, I, I was actually heated. Like I, I sent out like five tweets and I deleted like three of them because just was a little too far, but it makes me angry because it's disrespectful to LeBron and Paul Pierce didn't have the career to back up what he was saying. 
he, he really is just bitter and he needs to get over it. I'm just, I'm so done with it. So just wanted to talk about that. If you haven't watched the video, don't watch it because it's upsetting and it's stupid and it's full of lies and we're not here for that. We are not here for lies and ridiculous opinions. Okay. So getting into the last dance, I can't remember where I left off the last time I recorded in regards to the last dance, but couple things I wanted to touch on from these final episodes. Uh, I actually really grew to appreciate Steve Kerr and have a certain level of respect for him that I did not have before. Now, I, I still hate, you know, the Warriors and those years against them, but this is more about him as a person specifically in his career, I did not know the story of his dad being shot that kind of bonded him to Michael Jordan and the way that obviously his dad was also shot. Um, you know, not that that's like a great story to have, but it did really bond them together. Um, I also just feel like he's just a nice guy. Like you can't, you can't really hate him that much. I would hate him when he was complaining in, in Cavs Warriors games, but like as a human being, he does seem like a pretty pretty stand-up guy. And the fact that Michael Jordan was able to gain this respect for him as well and really give him that, I think says a lot because there are very few people that Michael Jordan will actually admit that he respects. I mean, he finds something in everyone to not respect, you know, something to to hate them for or to want to beat them for um, or think that it's a slight to him in some way. Uh, but just the the ability for them to have that bond together and that respect I thought was really cool to see and something I just didn't really know a lot about. Uh, another thing I found interesting was the talks of Michael Jordan's style of leadership. And there's been many discussions following watching The Last Dance on social media and within sports media in general about the style of leadership that that Michael Jordan presented during his career. I mean, look, it obviously worked at the time for him to, to piss people off to motivate them and have them perform at, at the highest level in, in important moments what he did worked for his team in that time of play, and I am not going to discount that at all. But I don't think that's the only way to be a leader. You know, maybe LeBron doesn't make his teammates almost hate him in the same way, um, but he is certainly still a demanding leader. I saw something um, before I was about to start recording this from Kevin Love where he, I don't know. You know, he must have been doing an interview of some sorts, but he was talking about how LeBron was very demanding, but in all the right ways and for the right reasons. And I thought that was really interestingly put. Um, I think it's okay to acknowledge that there's more than one way to be an effective leader. You don't have to beat the shit out of your teammates to make them tough. That might have been Michael Jordan's way, like punching people in the face and like I said it worked for him but LeBron has taken a different approach that has also worked for him uh, Kevin Love mentioned that LeBron was in incredibly demanding on the court in practice like he definitely got on guys expected the absolute best out of them and was not settling for anything else but you hear this from Kevin and honestly a lot of other guys that have played le with LeBron I know Richard Jefferson has talked about this um, in length but LeBron cared about team camaraderie more than anyone else and I don't think that's something Michael Jordan really really valued um 
he wanted his teammate, LeBron wants his teammates to form that special bond together. Um, And I think he's taken more the approach of we're going to work hard when we're on the court and you're going to give it everything you got for me and for this team and in return like I will give you my respect and my friendship um and we'll we will be bonded together forever in in a very special way and I think that's kind of the approach he's taken and I think it's also been just as effective I also don't know if if this day in the league that Michael Jordan's way of leadership would be effective on on any team really I think I think guys would get a little pissed off at him. Not that they didn't then. They definitely did. Um, I just don't know if it, if it would work in the same way now that it did, you know, during the 80s and 80s and 90s. Um, it's kind of the same as this other conversation that a lot of people are having. I don't remember which episodes this was included in, but there's a lot of praise for Jordan now because he was basically saying in the last dance, hey, you know, I didn't want to speak on politics because I don't want to, like, I didn't want to take anyone else off. And that's not necessarily wrong of him, but part of my praise for LeBron is that he does speak out for the things he believes in and stands up for what he believes is right, even when people tell him to, you know, shut up and dribble and all that good stuff. And I know not everyone feels this way, but I personally think it's our, our job as human beings to speak up when we see injustices or horrible things happening out there so I honestly I don't really praise Michael Jordan for not saying anything because I think that was I think that was the easier route and I just you know I just don't think it's what you're you're set out to do on this earth especially with that big of a platform and being that big of a public figure figure and you can't say he didn't have an opinion on it because they were talking about how he was making donations behind the scenes so he clearly did feel some type of way he was just he made the choice to put his bottom line ahead of speaking out and that's absolutely fine to each their own I just personally don't I don't necessarily agree that we should praise that as the standard for how to be when I think it was much riskier for LeBron to do what he has done and constantly be speaking out on the injustices he sees in the world and the things that he he thinks is wrong. So I thought it was just an interesting conversation that we've been having. I also think it's a different time now than it was then, and a lot more people are, are speaking out now on the things they believe in rather than just behind closed doors, which was more of, of the way then. But I think we have to... I think we have to praise LeBron for what he's doing because of the the risk that he's taking in it. So that's all I wanted to say about that. NFL schedule release. So will be interesting to see, like I said, if the season actually happens on time and if, you know, the schedule actually happens in the way that they are intending for it to happen if they have to chop some of the games off in the beginning of the season add them to the end of the season I mean it's already crazy there's a um I think it's like January 3rd maybe uh the Steelers come to Cleveland and if you know anything about Cleveland weather on January 3rd chances are it's not going to be a beautiful day uh, so that'll be definitely interesting to see. But if they have to push it back any further, man, it's going to be 
it's going to be tough in some of these Midwestern cities. I mean, if you got to go to Buffalo in January, like, good on you, man. I think you should, like, get, like, at least a half a win for just going and playing there because that'll that'll be interesting to see. Um, but in terms of the Brown schedule... Starting off the season with a face-off against Lamar Jackson, followed by Joe Burrow. So it will be two games of two Heisman Trophy winners facing off, which is kind of cool to see and show some success that the Heisman Trophy players are, are having in the professional world. So kind of cool. I also feel good that our division games are more evenly dispersed throughout the season because if you remember last season, we had like... It had to be five division games in the last like seven games of the season, maybe. It was like back to back to back to back, which was kind of tough. And I almost didn't like it because obviously we were struggling a bit, but it kept the hope alive for too long because we're like, if we can just win the games in our division that we have left, then maybe we still have a chance. And I'd rather not keep my hope alive if I don't have to. Not that I think we're going to have a bad season, but I just... I would rather have those games broken up throughout rather than have what we had, which was both Bengals games, both Steelers games, and one Ravens game in the second half of the season. I think the other Ravens game was, was that our first game of the season maybe or second? It was very early on. And then all of the other ones were right at the end there, which it it was kind of tough. I didn't really love that. So this looks a lot better in terms of that. The Browns, also at the start of their season have one of the weaker schedules in the league. I think we're ranked 29th, whereas last year's we had definitely one of the toughest schedules in the league. Um, Obviously though in the NFL, I've talked about this a million times, lots can change with the success of each team. You really can't always predict who's actually going to be good and our division wasn't, other than the Ravens, wasn't great or exceptional in any way last year. So going off of performance from last year. Um, Obviously, those divisional games don't help us out in terms of um, strength of schedule. Uh, But the good news is strength of schedule doesn't really mean the same as it does in college football. So I'm feeling okay, actually, with not having one of the toughest schedules in the league. Maybe we can actually make some magic happen this year. So we will see. Um, That is all I have for you guys today, though. I really hope um, next episode or some of the episodes soon. I won't even make any promises cause it's hard to, that I do get to do some of these interviews that I kind of had in the works. Um, we will see though, if not, um, hoping to bring on some friends or other people soon as we slowly and gradually still continue our way back in to sports being alive and in our lives again. Uh, please leave me a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Subscribe, follow on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And I hope you guys all have a great week. Thanks.